Let's pray. Father, we just cannot take it for granted that you are here and that we get to be in your presence and that you would favor us to even speak into our hearts right now. Give us ears to hear, minds to comprehend, and hearts that will respond in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, I know I have a few friends in the house that get excited when we approach March. And yes, I'm already talking about basketball. So, for those of you that don't care, March, uh, also known as March Madness, is a time when college basketball kind of amps up a little bit. It's tournament time, and uh, schools are in conferences, play conference tournaments with the hope that if they win, they get to go on to the national tournament. If they win, and hopefully getting into the national tournament, they want to win a national championship. And uh, I'm only going to say one more minute of this, so stay with me. <laughs> college uh, basketball teams have maybe best athletes uh, of that type in, in the world. They are remarkable athletes, and there are a lot of very good teams this year. And if, uh, for those of you that follow, you've seen how the polls have bounced around, a whole lot of different number ones and so on. There's so much parity and e- equality that's going on. So here's the deal. If one team over here has a lot of good players with a lot of good habits and, you know, the way they practice the game, and another team over here has very good uh, players, good athletes with a lot of good habits, then the difference maker between two good teams facing each other will often be momentum. Which team has momentum? Which team has kind of this wind behind the sails, this power behind them that's carrying them with a little extra than the other good team. And the more you win and the more momentum you get, the more you can win and the more momentum can be built. It just so happens that same kind of dynamic takes place for you and for me with respect to our experience of God. Momentum, the big mo. And what a great Sunday for us to be talking about this as you have now completed six weeks of taking steps toward a reasonably happy life and engaging life's healing choices. And our youth have just come through Disciple Now weekend. This is a time where we must leverage the momentum. What God is doing in us and stirring in us and building in us, we want to keep that going. Now, a lot of you have learned how to do that with your work. Uh, It's no surprise to you that I do a lot of writing. And sometimes it's hard to get started writing. But you know what? After I'm into it, words begin to come and ideas and concepts and pictures. And and there begins to be this flow. There begins to be this momentum. And when I get like that, I don't want to take a phone call. I don't want to even skip uh, what I'm doing to have a meal. I, I, I will go hide from people just so that I can have that flow 
of the mole. Are you with me? Okay. So, you've been making good choices. You have been uh, turning your life over to Christ. You have identified the hurts and the hang-ups and the habits that have been pulling you down, and you begin to give that to God. He's beginning to re- remove some character defects from your life. You've begun some relational repairs and making amends. You're getting it squared up with God. You're getting it squared up with other people. You've got the mo. And you've got to keep going with the mo. And so that's what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes, is how to maintain momentum. And really, there's just two big ideas, but I'm going to talk longer than that. The first one is this. Maintaining the momentum involves celebrating what God's doing. Have a good time with what God's doing. Have you had a great weekend, you know, youth? Have you been having some uh, great outcomes over the last six weeks, everybody else? Then celebrate that. And, And when I finish talking, Jerry's going to come back and do another song that says, thank you for healing me. Let that be your song to God. Oh, God, thank you for all that you're doing. We want to celebrate that. And I'm going to say more about that toward the end. Uh, But the other piece of maintaining momentum is that we want to continue to work everything that we have been learning from Jesus' teachings and from our experience and our implementing these practices and these principles and these steps. You've got to keep on keeping on. Now, here's reality. Even though we seek to maintain momentum, even though we seek to keep it going, we're going to stumble and trip and fall. We will be hurt again by someone at some point. We will hurt someone else at some point. We're going to mess up a relationship that we have to repair. We're going to slip back into a habit that we thought we were putting behind us forever. This stuff happens. And it's known as relapse. And so what I want us to to grasp today is that Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so what we want to do in maintaining the momentum is we want to embrace what's true. What's true about God? What's true about me? What's true about my life and circumstances? What's true about the people around me? I want to bank my life on what Jesus says is true and know the freedom that comes with that. And so I've got to avoid relapse. And I'm going to couch what remains of our time together Uh, unpacking that word relapse and the R in that word stands for you're going to want to reserve a daily quiet time now I know that is discipleship 101 so just bear with me for a moment friends there is a lot to be said for spontaneous engagement with Jesus I love it when just unexpectedly and surprisingly spontaneously Jesus shows up, and I'm stirred, I'm moved, He's powerful upon my life. But for me to maintain the momentum, I'm going to have to reserve time 
with Him. I've got to plan it. And so, for some of us, that's going to be a morning time that you reserve to connect with Christ. So guess what? If you're going to get up in the morning and you're supposed to be at school or you're supposed to be at work at such and such a time and you got to have a shower and have breakfast and, and, and get dressed and all this kind of stuff, then you're going to have to back up the clock and get up earlier if you're going to reserve that time, which is a good time, so you can begin the day with Jesus. But if you do that, friends, you're going to have to go to bed the night before. So like late night television might have to go away. You go, I, I just can't do the morning stuff. I, I'm trying to wake you up. I know you're still napping now. So we should probably connect tonight. But for you to reserve a time with Jesus, you'll want to do that at night. Which may mean, friends, you'll have to knock off some evening television. Because you see, you just can't add stuff on without taking some stuff off. Did I mention television? So, if I'm going to reserve a time with God, something else has got to go. And for a lot of us, some TV time could certainly go, and there's a number of other things that could as well. But I want to reserve that time so that I can connect with Him. Mark 14.38 tells us, watch. Jesus said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. You've got to set aside that time to get with him so that you can watch out for what will trip you up. And then the E in relapse stands for evaluate. Yes, evaluate. That's like inventory. He goes, Scott... I did an inventory several weeks ago. It was that big mama monster, you know, inventory. And then you, you, you're telling me i got to do more inventory. Uh, yeah. Because you see, what you did a few weeks ago was about catching up. You had a lot of stuff in the past that you had to break through denial and identify and acknowledge and own and deal with. And so what these prior weeks have been about has been about catching your life up to what God wants to do now and in the future. Today's step and next week's step are all about now and the future. It's all about the rest of your life. These first six weeks were about your past life. Now we're getting into the present and the future. And so you're going to want to evaluate, and you're going to want to do that in at least three ways. You'll read more about it in your uh, small group this week. But one of those is a spot check. That is to say, you just maintain a sensitivity in your heart to, how am I living right now? And so, for example, some time ago I, I called up a guy and we were talking about a number of things. And as I was getting ready to close that conversation... I threw a line in there that I thought was humorous, and it felt really awkward, and I kind of laughed my way out of that moment, and then we said goodbye, and I hung up, and like right in that moment, I knew, Scott, that was not funny, that was insulting, and within seconds... God dealt with my heart. Inventory was had. I recognized, not funny, insulting. I need to repair this relationship right now. And so in less than two minutes, I called the guy back, said, you know what? 
how I closed our conversation a minute ago, that not-so-funny comment, I'm sorry. That was insulting. That was out of line. I thought it was going to be funny, and it wasn't. And I didn't mean what that said. Here's what I do mean. Hope you can forgive me. And within less than five minutes, our relationship was A-OK and repaired. He was very gracious to understand and cut me some slack and forgive me. So that's what we're talking about with the spot check. Just throughout the day, whenever I have this hiccup of this thing that, oh, I didn't want to do that. Oh, I didn't want to say that. Deal with it right then and there. The other piece is what we would call a daily review. And this could be a part of your reserved time with Christ. How has this day gone? And so you want to you want to ask yourself questions in the presence of Christ. Today was I loving? Today was I patient? Today was I kind? Today did I have serenity and peace? Did it go well with me today? Now, for those of you that hang around me, you know, I will often ask you those questions. And so we'll just bump into each other in the hall or we'll have an email or a phone exchange and I'll say, is it well with you today? It's that kind of question. Just go, oh yeah, that stuff Scott bothers me with all the time. Just ask those kinds of questions and depending on how you answer those questions will determine if there's any action that needs to happen. Ooh, I was unkind to so-and-so. I need to fix that up. Or what so-and-so said or did, that kind of hurt me. I need to deal with that. And then, in the third place, you're going to want to do this kind of on an annual basis. Obviously, if you're reserving time with God, and if you're having these kinds of engagements with Him, a journal is going to be very important. Most of you have found out over these last few weeks how important journaling is. And so when you have a, an annual time, uh, you're just going to go away to a coffee shop or to a cabin or whatever works for you to be away Two or three hours, half a day, whatever works. And take your journal and look back over the last few months. How have I been living life? What patterns are there? What things have I consistently had to pray about or deal with and so on like that? And let God do some stuff with you on an annual basis. This is a big deal to Jesus. He said in Matthew 5, this is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and you're about to make an offering and you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering. Leave immediately. Go to this friend. Make things right. Then and only then come back and work things out with God. That's how big a deal it is to him. Continue to evaluate your life and what's going on around your life and in, a, in a, those relationships and keep it current and clean. And then the L stands for listen to Jesus. You're going to reserve some time. You're going to have some evaluation. Guess what? He's going to speak. Now, sometimes when we talk about prayer, by the way, uh, the next go-around with Mike's, I'm going to be doing a prayer thing, uh, a prayer class, and so you might think about that uh, if this is a challenge to you. Because sometimes some of you will say to me, I don't know how to pray, or I don't know how to hear from God, and so on like that. Listen, if you, if you reserve a time with Him, and if you do life evaluation things with Him, you're going to hear. I promise you, you're going to hear. 
Because he's all over this. He's all about it. He wants to speak into your life. And some of it will be, go clean this up. Go get forgiveness. Whatever. Some of it will be that. But friends, a whole lot of the other of what he will say to you is how awesome he thinks you are. He wants to speak affirmation into your life. Blessing into your life. You know how you did such and such with so and so? That was good. I mean, he'll talk to you like that. Not in the audible voice. You know, we're talking about how God speaks into our thoughts and, and our feelings and our heart, that kind of thing. But he will communicate affirmations every bit as much as he will corrections, if not more so. You know how powerful that is to hear God say, I like the way you did that. It's awesome. Psalm 119 tells us that I want... To have my thoughts consumed with His words. I thought much about your words and I stored them in my heart so that they would hold me back from sin. Listen, if God tells me, well done on that. That is as much, if not more, motivation for me not to screw up as, hey, you got to go fix that one. But we want to listen to Him and hear from Him. Then the A in relapse stands for... Getting alone and quiet. Now, I know for the more active, extroverted types, this is not the most looked forward to piece. And obviously, there's a lot to be said for gathering in large groups and having uh, you know worship gatherings like this on Sundays and getting together with your friends in a small group and debriefing a book or, or looking at the scriptures and, and talking with one another. So, obviously, God uses all of that, but there has to be. There has to be those times where you get alone and you get quiet. You go, well, what do I do when it's alone and quiet? I mean, you've said this before. I gave it a shot and it was like snoozeville. I fell asleep. I had a little nap. You know, and I felt guilty and all that kind of stuff. Well, obviously prayer would be one thing. And so to talk to him about various things or about uh, various circumstances, all that would be appropriate, worshiping him, even serving him while you're alone and quiet. All those things can happen. But a primary thing that I would mention to you is meditation. Be alone with him and quiet with him and meditation. And by that I mean where you have some period of time in focused thought. Focused thought. Now, if you've ever worried about anything, you know all about meditation. Because all worry is, is focused thought. But it's in a negative way. So if you've got some financial challenges in your life, and you think about that and think about that and think about that, and you are fretting and getting anxious and fearful and worrisome and so on like that, that's meditation screwed up. Meditation, the way God designed it is, you would think about a scripture related to finances. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. And focus on that scripture. Focus on the promise. Focus on the promiser. Focus on what the outcome can look like. Or you may focus upon a a biblical story. The story about Elijah. 
who was traveling through a land and he stopped at a widow's house and he asked for something to eat and all she had was a little flour and a little oil. And she said, I was basically going to cook that for me and my son and then we were going to die. I mean, it was a very despairing, poverty-stricken situation. And Elijah said to her, I tell you what, you make me a cake out of that, God will take care of you. Trust Him. And she did. She took what little flour she had, what little oil she had, she made him a little cake, and he ate it. And she looked around, and there was more flour and oil. She made something for she and her son to eat. And when she looked back, there was more flour and oil. And it just kept replenishing and replenishing. Think on that story. Or think about various biblical principles. We don't live by might or by money, but by every word that comes from God. Meditate. Be alone with Him. Then I'll say to you, the P in relapse would stand for plug into God's power. You will relapse if you begin to go back to leaning on your own power, your own abilities, what seems right to you. That's what got us into the mess to begin with. So keep plugging into His power. You go, Scott, how do you do that? Well, one is to pray. He says uh, in Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Pray about everything. Tell God your needs. And, oh yeah, don't forget to thank Him for His answers. You need to pray about your finances. About your job. About your marriage. About your parenting and your kids. About what's going on at school. Your friends. Talk to Him about it all. But we also plug into His power when we connect with one another. He never intended that we would go it alone. Hebrews 10:25, don't give up the habit of meeting together, communing with one another, fellowshipping one another. Because it's in that circle that you speak into my life and you encourage me and you challenge me and you bless me. And I've got to have that. You've got to have that. We have been designed by God to have to have that. Plug into His power through prayer and through community. And then the S in relapse stands for slow down. You, you figure this out? That one of the ways that we torpedo our relationships is we just increase the speed of life. Just do it faster. Just try to do more and you will torpedo any relationship, including your relationship with God. And so slow down. But i got to do this. Do you really? Did God tell you to do that? Well, it's part of my job. Well, does God ever say anything to you about your job with respect to boundaries? But it's my job. I mean, if I don't have my job... Who provides for you, God or your job? Well, I think my job does. Well, does God provide for you through the job or would God provide for you through any other way? But I've got all these things going on with my kids. Do you have to do all these things with your kids? They have to be involved in every single activity that comes along? Friends, I'm just saying pray 
Ask God, check in with Him, allow Him to set the pace of your life. We are going too fast for too much. And it's torpedoing our relationship with God and others. Now, no kidding, God has prompted and led me to engage in some slowing practices. I've talked about this before. I can get crazed and I'm like dashing from one meeting to another meeting and I'm in my car and I'm trying to weave around these really slow guys in front of me and so on. And God's like, where are you going? <laughs> well, I'm going to this meeting. Yeah, I know, I know. Get over in the slower lane and don't move. And so I'm like behind, you know, the person that can't see over the steering wheel. And we're just like crawling. And God's saying, how's that? And I'm like, this is awful. <laughs> no, enjoy yourself. Or I'll go to the store. I'm dashing into the store and I'm going to get this stuff. And I'm, okay, which of those lines is the shortest? And he's like, no, I want you to go to that longest, slowest line right over there. Take your time. Enjoy yourself. Slowing. And then the E in relapse stands for enjoy your growth. And this is what we were saying at the outset. Friends, this is, this is good stuff. God is at work in us, and we need to celebrate that. Now, some of you have been exposed to other kinds of recovery programs in the past. One of the things that's going to be true about the one we're launching uh, in a couple of weeks is that it is celebrate recovery. We're going to worship God. We're going to bless Him and praise Him for the work He is doing in us. And whether or not you're a part of that, because that's not going to be for everybody, but for those of you that, that God leads to be a part of that, talk to me and I'll fill you in on more of it. But for all of us, as God does discipling, growing, developing, healing, freeing things in us, we want a blessing, praising, thanking, worshiping, enjoying. Talk about it. Share. Testify. So sometimes around here we'll say, hey, any God sightings this week? What's God up to with you this week? We'll be aware. Be ready to talk. Hey, this is what He's doing with me right now. So I just ask you, because of these last six weeks or this weekend, do you know God better? If you know Him better, that's awesome. Do you love others better? You're more mindful of them. You're more gracious. You're, you extend grace more quickly. Thankful Lord. Do you receive love better? Listen, the way my temperament is, people try to love me all the time and I'm dashing right by it. I got my nose down into something I got to fix. Well, I just wanted to tell you, though, this is what you mean to me. Hey, thanks. Okay, and I got to go. Do you receive love better? You allow God to touch you in deep places and in deep ways through other people. Have you cleaned up your past? Or have you made significant progress in cleaning up the past? It's worth celebrating. Have you been healed from some hurts? And how wonderful, how special is that, that God, six billion people on the planet, 
would take some time with you, with me. Touch us, heal us, free us. Awesome. Friends, what's all this been about? Getting free from habits and hurts and hang-ups and all that kind of stuff? What is all this about where we say reserve time for God and evaluate your life and uh, be alone and quiet and slow? I mean, it's all about connecting with Him. Don't get caught up in the process so that you miss what it's all about. It'd be like us going, you know, out here to the ski resort, and we load up all our gear, and we drive all the way out there, and we unload all of our gear, and then we go up to this ticket booth, and we have sticker shock, and we go, you want how much for a lift ticket? And then we fork that over because we drove all the way over there, and we get our lift ticket, and then we haul all this stuff over, and we get on the chairlift, and we begin to go up. And when we come to where it makes a circle to go back down, we stay on it. And now we go back down. This was an awesome chairlift. No! The whole reason that you loaded the gear, made the drive, paid the ridiculous price, and got on the lift was so that you could ski. It's all about skiing. So all this stuff about reserving time and being with God and praying and meditating and having aloneness, it's to be with Him. Connect with Him. It's not about checking blanks and I did these steps and somebody's going to be proud of when I check in my accountability this week and so Friends, those are just tools. To, that's just the lift to help you to get where you can ski. Let's pray. Oh, Father, thank You for... Unbelievable patience with how crazed we can sometimes be. Even as we have been walking with you over these weeks, we still get lost in the process and it's like, oh yeah, that's why I was doing that. And so Lord, we pray you continue to fix our thoughts on you to engage you with a whole heart, to do life with you. In Jesus' name.